to the It'll Buff Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Grachowski, CEO and founder of Five and Fly LLC. What if I told you there's no set path on separating from the Army? If you are an active duty Army officer seeking to separate from the Army in the next 18 to 12 months, here's the deal. Stay tuned. The fact of the matter is, people out there are going to tell you that there's a set path to go on, whether that's pursuing an MBA or pursuing a certain internship path. There isn't. And here's what I'm going to tell you. You can write your own path. You just need to be able to filter through the noise. This podcast is going to provide you with interviews, one-on-ones, and personal experiences that help you create an azimuth to guide you on the path of separating from the Army. This isn't going to have all the answers, but it's going to help point you in the right direction. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Thanks for tuning in. It'll buff. Welcome to this episode of the It'll Buff Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Grachowski, CEO and founder of Five and Fly. And today I have an amazing guest with me as always. But before we dive into that, I just want to make a few quick announcements uh, before we dive into this episode. So announcement one, if you've been following along with us on uh, LinkedIn, you will have noticed that we have officially signed a partnership with the GoRx Fitness Company. Um, we're really excited about this. We're helping them start their, grow and build their SkillBridge program. We're really excited about that. Um, and then a few quick admin notes. If you guys are enjoying this content, please, please, please subscribe to this podcast uh, for weekly episodes. Uh, sometimes, you know, more than, more than once a week, we'll throw some episodes out there. Uh, give us a rating, give us a review. We'd love to see those things uh, and just, yeah, tell us, how, tell us how the content is. Tell us if you like it, what you want to do, and topics that you want to see on this podcast later on the road. But without further ado, we're going to dive in to this week's podcast episode. Today, we have with us uh, Alexandra, who goes by Al. Uh, so we will continue to refer to her as Al as we go throughout this. Uh, sorry, Al Rogers, as we will continue to go through this podcast episode. Um Quick background on Al, impressive background, um, and she's going to dive into this in more depth, but but just to give you guys an intro to her, she was an intro uh, intel officer out of West Point, class of 2014. Um, she was stationed with the 66th MI Brigade in Hohenfels and Wiesbaden, Germany. Uh, I know some of you guys, Hohenfels, me personally, we just have some, you know, some really hard times with Hohenfels, uh, but it's okay. It's all good. We love each other and it's good. Uh, and then, you know, from there, she was in Third um, Brigade, 1st Armored Division at Fort Bliss, where she completed one rotation at Camp Humphreys, Camp Hovey. So she spent some lovely time in Korea. Um, she volunteered for a WIS supporting, uh, you're going to have to, you're going to have to dive more into that, but I must say Joint Task Force. Um, and then she finished her career. This is pretty impressive, and I'm I'm really excited to dive into this. Uh, I, the, let me get it straight. The whole career is impressive, but I'm excited specifically for this one. But diving in, finished off with a career with Third Special Forces Group at Fort Bragg, um, and then she finally finally took her talents outside of the Army in 2022. So, without further ado, Al, introduce yourself to the audience, and we'll, we'll dive right in. Thanks, man. Yeah. Um... Pretty much exactly like you said, um, 2014, West Point grad. Um, yeah, commissioned as a just straight intel officer. I didn't do branch detail or anything. Um, and somehow, I was supposed to go to Bragg initially, but during Bullock, I, I got switched to Germany, and I'm very grateful for that. So Ah, the old Bullock woes. You show yeah. up, oh, I'm, going, I'm going to Bragg. No, you're not. You're going here. And you're like, oh, okay, yeah. cool. That's great. <laughs> Yeah, and Germany wasn't a terrible, terrible one to switch no, to. So, no, yeah, not I'm at very all. Happy. And it's kind of funny because I was supposed to start my career in Bragg and I ended up ending it in Bragg. So, you know, everything comes full circle, I guess. That's awesome. Yep. But yeah, I spent four years in Germany, um, came back. And, and yeah, unfortunately, fortunately or fortunately, I got stationed at bliss and um <laughs> immediately reported and two weeks later i was in korea um 
that was a thing and then came back and yeah so why ask is a worldwide individual augmentee volunteer um so i was basically just wanting to do an actual deployment um and they basically do call out so if they're short of staff on some task force or whatever um they put out a call and you can volunteer to do it so if you're still in that it is a great opportunity if you want to they have like positions in Djibouti or um elsewhere just across the world yeah so I was supposed to be in Iraq and I got to Kuwait to in process a week before COVID happened and then I got stuck in yeah stuck in Afghanistan for seven months but amazing time um and then through that I was working with a lot of you know three-letter agencies and people involved and group uh delta and made some good contacts there and that's how i got to group when i came back um basically um that's so cool yeah like that's like i feel like everybody out there is like wait you got to just like hang out with the delta guys like yeah it's like (laughs) i feel like that's like everybody's like they like dream about that i know i personally dreamt about that at night like that's pretty that's pretty awesome yeah and they're doing some amazing stuff out there and so it's it was just very eye-opening, and you know, we'll talk about this later, but that was kind of a, a turning, not a turning point, but a deciding factor in, like, okay, if, if I don't go down this route, you know, they're the ones actually going out and doing the operations. Mm-hmm. Everyone else is supporting them, and, like, if I'm not part of that mission, then what am I doing? So, mm-hmm. Man, um, that's such a great point. Yeah. And, um, so I'm just very happy. I got to work with them and see what they actually do, uh, see what, you know, products they, they produce and operations they do. And then came back, um, and then got thrown into third brigade was ramping up to go back to Korea. Um, so I got sucked into NTC and all the, you know, train up for that. Yeah. And then I was like, I gotta get out of here. So I, I made it to group, um, and then, yeah, shortly after arriving at group, um, my grandma got sick and there were just a couple other things that were just like, it's time, you know, mm. to go. So I ended up getting out of, from group. Um, and then I did a six month CSP during my transition out. Um, yeah. And then got out last July. That's, uh, yeah, that's, I, th- thanks for just kind of giving us a, a brief dive into really kind of your career as an army officer. Now, one of the things that when we, we talk about on this, on this podcast, um, and one, you know, after I got out, one of the things that not saying it would have sparked my interest to stay in the military per se, but one of the things that I wish I would have had more knowledge about are these opportunities that you've talked about, right? Like the YS, And being able to, you know, work with special forces groups and kind of these opportunities that are, are you know, and that's like going to going to be an officer in a functional area or, you know, V-tipping. And so we've kind of hit some of that. But um, I, I think, you know, t- let's just hit on that real quick, the why ask kind of, you know, you, you briefly touched on it. But let's maybe like for listeners out there, kind of provide them just a little more insight into, you know, what does it take to do that? How can they find it? If, you know, because I know there are a lot of individuals out there like one of the reasons they want to get out of the army is like, look, I signed up to go do cool stuff yep. and I'm, and I'm sitting at NTC <laughs> looking, you know, looking, playing laser tag, which like, yeah, for the first couple of days is cool. But then when you're like, you know, 72 hours with no sleep, you're like, all right, this is, this is what, what yeah. I'm doing here. So yeah, just give yeah. us more insight into that. Yeah. I, um, I don't have the website, but it's on Nipper. It's, it's just kind of an open website and they update it every two weeks. Um, and yeah, generally they have the information. So they'll say like, here's the rank requirements. And some of them will be like, oh, one to oh six. They don't, you know, they just want someone. Um, if there's a language requirement, a lot of like the African deployments require uh, some sort of French proficiency. Mm-hmm. Um, if they want, you know, an S3 guy, they'll, they'll kind of put the, the job description. So it's basically like a job board. Um, and then once you find something that interests you or that you think you fit the role, you basically put a, an application in. So it's kind of like a mini, it's, it's your first like job application, if you will. It's like um, the Army's LinkedIn. Yeah, exactly. 
And so I um, was lucky enough that my, I was, I was at Brigade S2 at the time and my, my boss was, had come from division. So he knew the division coordinator who was interfacing with a lot of the YS type stuff. Um, and so I kind of got a leg up in that aspect where, you know, I, I found a couple, but this one was like, it hadn't even been posted yet. It was kind of like filtered down to me. Nice. Um, and then, you know, I was streamlined through because they, they hadn't even posted it yet. But wow. And I do want to like point out that the real world is like that. And when I've talked to my mentors, they're like, a lot of the job opportunities aren't the ones that you're seeing on LinkedIn or, or posted on a job board. They're the ones where someone talks to someone who talks to someone who knows you. And they're the one who puts your name in the hat. And it was like, you know, a good introduction to how things actually work. So, um, but yeah, you know, I, I'm very grateful for having that opportunity. And, and plus your command has to sign off on everything. Um, Real quick. So this, this is totally separate from like AIM 2.0. It's not, yes. it's yeah. okay. This is okay. not at all within AIM. Um, yeah, it's its own little bubble. Okay. I don't, I'm not even, sh- I know HRC got involved at the end, but okay. it, they were not on the front end of approving any of this. So it was kind of because you're still stationed. I was still like stationed at Fort Bliss and I was got still add con to Fort Bliss. I was just op con to. Got it. Um, CJTFOIR. So it's, yeah. it's a little bit of a loophole where you still have to go back to your command at the end of it. No, I, I think that's great. I think, to, and you know, to like the, the people out there, like I, and I know the MTO comes into a little bit of a play if like, you know, again, you obviously got to Fort Bliss, went right to Korea, but like maybe had you had some time, you could have been like, hey, actually, I'd much rather go to like go be OpCon and like attach to this unit who's doing like something a little bit cooler. Yep. <laughs> uh, you know, you could, you could maybe, so to all you guys listening out there who are going, you know, on some of these rotations, maybe you can find a way to work in a cool deployment. Um, you know, again, obviously, you know, I know MTO plays a factor, but you know, let's face it. Usually most S3 shops have quite a, uh, you know, a, a enough LTs lying around that you could, you could potentially go elsewhere. Uh, if you're not, you know, like a PL or something. So that's, that's really awesome insight. Now you hit a, a topic that I think is one topic that at the end of the day is is generally a rude awakening so i think it's very interesting that you were able to get introduced to you know quote unquote how the real world works when you're trying to get a job um you know i would say one thing i I really kind of the one question to that is obviously you got insight to that but you know talking to your mentors how how would you say that that like going through that process itself you know, really provided you kind of the insight and knowledge to attack this idea of networking and, you know, talking to somebody who talks to somebody who talked to somebody. Yeah. And it was kind of strange because I, you know, butt up against any sort of authority figure. So I was like, I'm not going to talk to, you know, <laughs> yeah. Dave Seibel. I'm not going to go up to division. But then my boss was, he very much played the game a lot. And he's like, oh, just suck it up. Go talk to him, bring him some like, a soda or you know some civilian up at the vision whatever he wants yeah. so i would just have to go hey dave how you doing you know yeah. and i hated it because i'm like gross yeah. but you have to find the people who kind of hold the keys to those opportunities you want and not that you need to like you know brown nose but you do need to like have constant interaction be like hey just checking in don't forget that i'm here you know and i'm yeah. really interested you just have to show like i am interested and i really like am dedicated to making something happen um and so that's kind of how that happened and then again after my csp and i was a similar situation to you where i thought i was you know my csp was hiring me in two weeks before you know i was in terminal leave two weeks before i was out of the army they're like you know things change we don't have a spot for you. And so I was like frantically grabbing for strings. Um, And it was a similar situation. Like I just, someone told someone, told someone that they knew me, vouched for me. And I got to like someone who's now a very good mentor to me, but um, 
yeah, but he's kind of a big wig at a big tech company. He's like, you know, I would hire you if it wasn't you know, right now. But um, yeah, yeah, it happens totally. because yeah. like you have this face to face interaction, not because I saw your resume come across my desk. <laughs> So. Yeah, I no that that's such a great point. And I, I mean, and also to you know, it, it's a testament to you as an individual, as a soldier, obviously in the army, right? When you went on this YS deployment and you worked with you know the spec ops community, and they were like, "Hey, we don't even really like we don't need to see you know yeah. what you know what, all the things you've accomplished. Like we know we want you to come be a part of this yeah. organization." And so, I mean, you really kind of had you know two, two, two opportunities at that. So I think that's uh man, that's a, you know, I've, some people might not like that lifestyle, but I think if you are thinking about getting out, have that mindset about each position I, you know, don't go into the position thinking like, Oh, I like, I want to get something out of this for me. I think, you know, and from what it sounds like is you very much went into each position that you're giving with the mentality of I'm excited to be here. This yep. is going to be, this is going to be fun. Let's just try and help make the organization the best it can be and just be a generally good, good person. person. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you, and you would, and you would be surprised as to, you know, again, I mean, doors open. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's, I, it's, you know, I, I've talked to plenty of people and they're like, Hey, what's, what's the secret? I'm like, just be, a, just be a good person. Be, <laughs> yeah. be, be, be a be good a guy. Genuine be, good person. Yeah. And the rest will kind of pan out. I think, yeah, no, that's, that's great insight. I really appreciate you bringing that up. Now let's, let's hit a little bit on, you know, I, I don't know if it's, you know, still a sore subject or not. It's for me, my CSP is still kind of a sore subject. Yeah, uh, yeah. I might take it to the grave with me. Hopefully, hopefully I'll mature enough to get over it, but uh, we'll see. I'm a guy, so that probably won't happen. Um, yeah. But so, so the CSP, so you, yeah, kind of talked to that. Was it, you know, sponsored, unsponsored? you know, during the process, because one of the things that at Five and Fly we're trying to also do is provide knowledge of, you know, really creating a timeline as you go through this transition out of the military and, and, and establishing these milestones. And, and also with the companies we're working with of saying like, hey, if your skill bridge is, you know, let's just call it for, for you know, even Stevens is, is 20 weeks long, right? Mm-hmm. At at roughly about a little bit past the halfway month mark, which for most skill bridge is going to be three months, right? Yeah. So that's like a whole quarter. You should have like, you know, telling the companies, telling the individual, like you should have an idea of whether or not that you're going to get hired. So the topic should yeah. come up in a discussion, right? And so educating on that, that's neither here nor there. But yeah, kind of just put provide some insight to, you know, what, you know, what some of the, maybe like some of the mistakes you made, uh, where you wish like, hey, knowing what I know now, how would I have gone back and talked to the leadership at the company and potentially maybe set myself up for success so I wasn't grabbing for straws um, right. elsewhere? Yeah, so it, I did an individual CSP. Um, I had done a lot of research prior to starting the CSP, and I knew I wanted to do an individual program. I was just same situation everywhere I was trying to go. They weren't familiar with the program, so they were a bit hesitant to like bring me on. But I found one company where um, my friend who worked with 10th Group, um, he was already hired and he had done a CSP. So it's kind of like he told them about it. They you know, bought into it and then brought me on. So the company was a or is a uh, startup in the space research and development realm. Um, so they're a very, very small company. And originally when they had brought me on, they, you know, they said, we'll bring you on as the scrum master, which terrible name, by the way, but we'll bring you on as the scrum master. And then after that, um, probably like move you into PM. Mm -hmm. Um, but in between, them bringing me, you know, agreeing to bring me on for the CSP and me actually starting the CSP, they had hired someone full time to fill that position. So Mm. then when I started, they're like, we don't, we don't know what to do with you. So then I had to kind of like finagle. um, Mm. And that was kind of like red flag number one, just for me personally, it's like, you shouldn't have to basically be begging to do something. So I was like, I'll do operations. And I 
didn't quite understand what that meant at the time, but um, I think what I was envisioning and what they were envisioning just didn't align. So um, yeah, I was just trying to fit a, a square peg in a round hole. And, um, and it's one of these things where you think like, oh, this is, this is where I'm supposed to be. This is, I'm going to like, I can suck this up for a year or two. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, you hear, I, we talked about this. It's like you hear your friends going to work for tech companies. They're working remote. They're like, have this lifestyle. And it's like, this is, you know, where I'm supposed to be. This is what I'm, my path is supposed to be on. And then I was, I wasn't happy. Um, and at the end of the day, you know, I, I think it was drawn out way too long. I should have known this sooner than yeah. two months before my terminal leave ended. But um, I'm very happy that I did not stay on. Yeah. Um, but it was very bitter at the time. I'm like, why are you waiting, you know, yeah. until now? Yeah. Um, but, that, you no. know, it is what it is. And, again, trying to trying to see the good in it. Like, I... I since then I've had a very eye-opening um experience as far as practical work experience with the company I ended up going with and then that month basically that month um in July of last year when I was just reaching out to I was reconnecting with classmates I was finding new mentors I was seeing a whole new side of what's out there and what what's mm. possible and um that month of just like just absorbing everything I could really set me on a good path to, to where I am now. So that's, yeah. Happy that's happy. awesome. That's <laughs> awesome. Yeah. You know, I, I, I always tell people that's at the end of the day, like that story right there is exactly why I named this podcast. What I did it'll buff. I, yeah. I, you know, when I was thinking about originally naming the podcast, I was very, you know, cautious in naming it something of just like saying, you know, telling somebody like, Oh yeah, like suck it up. It's going to work out anyways. But it, I think what's so interesting is that maybe as, um, you know, West Point grads or, or whatever, we, we kind of build up this, this idea in our head of like, Oh, we need to, we need to be at Goldman Sachs. We need, you know, we, we need to be at these high echelons and we kind of almost, you know, trap ourselves in like overanalyzing everything of like, Oh, yes. if I don't do this, then I'm going to fail. If I, you know, if I don't do that, I'm going to fail. And it's just like, dude, like I've talked to at this point, I've talked to enough people and have seen enough roundabout ways to landing a job at a desired company that like I really it, it just it just again suits it. It 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 will buff out. And I think you know, yeah. again, it's testament. And I think ultimately too, you know, like to to all the listeners out there who might have landed their first gig, uh to Al's point exactly, like just because you're there doesn't mean that's where you're supposed to be forever. And if you're kind of having those internal struggles of like, yeah, this job is cool, but like just really not feeling it anymore. Uh, a reach out, talk to us if I'm fly. We'd love to talk to you about it. But B like, listen to that, listen to that internal voice, that gut feeling. Um, I read this weird article about like how apparently humans now have a sixth sense. If your gut feeling is actually like a sixth sense. Don't, I nerd out sometimes people don't, don't, don't judge me. It's okay. Uh, but, but, you know, it's just listen to that gut feeling, you know, and really kind of just, yeah, just listen to it, see what's out there, start exploring. Um, and to Alice's point, just continue to network, continue to reach out to people. Even if you have a job, just continue to reach out to people. Yes. Um, cause honestly, like, it's just been fun. Like that's been probably, this is like the best part of, of my job, you know, trying to start a company is just reaching out to people like Al. And it's like, you know, we reached out, she's like, Hey, uh, I don't know if you remember, we were in F2 together and I was like, holy cow, I totally remember like flashback. It's all craziness. coming back. Yeah. 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 Okay. We're, asking, that, uh, we're, we're getting, we're getting on the side there, but anyways, all that to be said, this is like, just keep continuing network. Now you landed a job. Uh, so you, you, you were at the CSP, uh, didn't get hired. You landed a job at another company. Um, and so yeah, let's kind of like, let's talk into that. You know, you were at that company for what was about a year ish. Yep. Um, yep. And, and now you're, we're going to get to it. You're going on to new endeavors, but kind of talk about, you know, that transition, what that was like. And, um, really to all listeners out there, one of the ways Al and I connected was she was trying to start a CSP program, a sponsored DOD Skillbridge program at that company. So yeah, mm-hmm. just kind of dive into that. Yeah. So I ended up 
putting in a couple um, applications. I ended up moving to Charlottesville, Virginia for multiple reasons, but um, part of it was there's a very large renewable energy community um, and job, you know, creation here. Um, but then you also have a lot of like Intel centers, so NGIC, Khaki, a lot of DIA, they're all here as well. So I, I didn't want to limit myself if I wanted to go back into like the government sector I could do that or I could try the renewable sector um, so I got a couple job offers and one was the traditional route that I you know most people I think in in our path uh, would have gone and it was a contractor basically working for um, GIS mission support um, for some agencies um and then the other offer i got two other offers for renewable energy companies and um i you know went back to my mentors and i talked to them i was like you know what i know how to do that job the the gis job is you know it it would be cool it'd be interesting i'd be you know back in a mission set i'm comfortable with it would feel safe um but let me try you know let me try this whole other venture and see if I like it. I don't know what it's about. You know, you talk yeah. to people, you generally know what it's about, but it's like, I don't, I don't know why I don't know. And so they kind of encouraged me, like, you won't be wasting time. Um, if you want to go back to that other job, I'm sure they're going to, it's a very niche job. They would love to like have you on. Um, so yeah, I decided to join um, Hexagon Energy. It's a, privately owned company which is something that's big to me um i didn't want to be part of like some conglomerate you know yeah. big umbrella company and the company doesn't just do solar they do other ventures wind um hydroelectric um they're looking into geothermal so that was another aspect that i was interested in is that the company is not like we do this thing and that's all we do they're like we're open to new ideas. We're constantly networking and seeing what new technologies out there and how we can incorporate that into the grid. So um, I joined the team as a project developer. Um, and with the size of the company, um, you basically do everything. So it's from prospecting, finding sites that would be you know, good and viable to doing all the legal negotiations part to doing the engineering development and site development to, you know, at the end of, at the end of the whole process, actually selling the project as well. So um, that was another reason why I joined is so I could see the full spectrum of yeah. kind of the renewable energy game and, and see where I, I would fit if I wanted to continue down that path. So um, it was, uh, it was interesting. <laughs> It was a great company, great company to work for, and I'm very happy for the flexibility they allowed me. And uh, I'll touch on that as well. But like a big part of why I got out was uh, for my my grandparents. Uh, they're 85, and you know their health is up and down, so they allowed me to go when I needed to work from home from their house. Um, and then you know my sister-in-law ended up moving to Denmark for work, and so I was in Denmark for a month helping her move and spending time with my nephew. So everything I wanted as far as like family stability and that type of support, it provided me. Um, awesome. And it was also a bit of a take a knee. The op tempo is extremely slow, so it was good to just like be able to sit back a bit and reflect and and. You know, I continue to network and I continue to do other things uh, while I was there. So, yeah, but it was the same thing. Like, something's not sitting right here. Yeah. I feel like I have a greater purpose and this, you know, this is fine. And I yeah. could just, like, do fine for a long time, but I need to get back out there and I need to, like, get reinvigorated again. Yeah. No, thank, thanks for sharing that. Thanks for that insight. I think, you know, there, it's a there, really interesting point you know, that you made there is this idea of, you know, landing a job um, and kind of having that time to take a knee. And I think that's what kind of makes this, this, this opportunity so great talking to uh, individuals out there. A lot of, <laughs> it's so funny because uh, I mean, I guess I shouldn't say it's funny, but it, it, a lot of people, you know, they go through this transition process, right. Of just like, what the heck am I going to do? 
I know I need to get out of the army. Like I can't sustain this lifestyle anymore. I need some time. And then, you know, it's like this whole whirlwind happens so quickly. And then, you know, they jump into these job opportunities and they, it's, it's interesting. I don't really feel like there's any kind of, um, really in the middle it's either one one end or the of the spectrum or yeah. the other you know it's either they hop into a company like they go to tesla and they're like dude i haven't had time to like even drink a cup of coffee you know yeah. like it's we're, we're going 100 miles an hour or then you have you know people you know like yourself who go into these these companies and have a little bit slower of an op temp and they're like cool like i have some time to reflect this is great like this is exactly what i wanted and and i think it like one thing that I would caution, and I had a guest on here probably, gosh, almost 12, 13 episodes ago, Joseph Cabrera. And one of the things that, so he's now an entrepreneur. Um, and one of the things that he said, if he could go back and do it all over again, is he would basically, and like, if you met Joseph Cabrera, like in person, the one of the most, uh, I don't even like, you know, this is really a good term to use, but like the chillest guy I've ever met. Um, but like also a complete, like, badass of just you know all things like man and you just looked at him yeah. and you're like you're like wait you're you know ranger qualified chilean mountain school qualified you know all this stuff and you're just like what but yeah. he's awesome <laughs> love joseph thanks for coming on if you're listening but one of the things that he said is that if he could go back and do it all over again is he would you know obviously throughout the process put money aside um so he could just take six months to a year take his dog his wife and he's got a sweet Toyota Land Cruiser, like old school Toyota Land Cruiser. And he's like, we just go cruise the country and I'd listen to the trees and see yeah. what they were telling me to do. And I think, you know, we're working on another partnership right now uh, through Five and Flash. So if, to the listeners out there, stay tuned to this. Uh, more information will be coming soon as this unfolds. But this idea of like, while you're going through this transition process of retreating or even post going through the transition process of retreating and what that allows you to do mentally as you go into this job, because, you know, at the end of the day, like I, you know, people, I don't care what people say about success. Like if you got out of the army and landed some sort of job or even didn't land a job and you're still like networking, like that is a success. Like getting out of the army itself, like <laughs> yeah. with full sanity is a success. So listen to that. But then landing a job, that's like another echelon of success. And I think, but this idea of like, once you land it, being able to take a breath, um, you know, and, and just really kind of gather your thoughts and think through, you know, really kind of like, okay, is this where I'm supposed to be? And if it's not, that's okay. There are plenty yeah. of opportunities. Now, one of those opportunities uh, we're about to dive into. Uh, so Al, you know, so Al actually kind of like left you guys on a cliffhanger there uh, is decided to. Uh, again, take your talents elsewhere. Um, and so I'll let you kind of dive into that and explain what you're doing for your next venture. Yeah, so I, um, I'll explain in a long way because I think it'll be helpful for other people. Great. Uh, when I was getting out, you know, a big suggestion that was kind of thrown my way was you should go back to grad school. You should mm -hmm. look at MBAs. Like it's a good, another, you know, take a knee and one person described it to me they're like i basically spend he he was in an mba program he's like i'm spending my time mainly doing many internships throughout a two-year period so i can kind of pick and choose and do all the networking and all that and i was like you know that's good but at the time it, it wasn't the right move for me and i was like i don't want to waste my time doing an mba um I, it just wasn't right and again going back and talking to my mentors who are you know much older they're in their their 60s and um john told me like only go get your master's if a it's required like you're doing a job and the job is saying to get a promotion you have to go back to school or b it's a technical skill that you're currently lacking to enter into a field that you're very interested in yeah um so yeah, so I kind of got the renewable energy kind of thing out of my system. Um, and there's, you know, from the technology side, there's a lot of interesting technology that can be developed. Yeah. Um, but from a development side, um, that's a whole nother conversation. But um, so I kind of got that out of my system. MBA still wasn't feeling like the right fit. I was like, I could, but I still feel like I would be you know, flapping around in the wind because 
I, I don't need to. It's just a, a time to take some time off. Um, and then I, again, through reflection, talking with my mentors, um, I found a program, was kind of presented a program called Humanitarian Engineering um, out of Colorado School of Mines. And the program focuses largely on um, environmental and civil engineering, specifically focused on humanitarian aid, international development, um, and crisis response. So it opens up a whole new set of doors to what I'm truly interested in, which is at the end of the day, I just want to help people. Um, and I hate kind of the idea of, you know, the great Western savior coming in and being like, we're bringing all this technology, Mm -hmm. but the program focuses more on, um, really interacting with the local nationals and being able to provide them what they're needing and bridge the gap from an engineering point of view, from what they need, what they want and how to provide that and teach them how to do that for themselves. So. I'm very excited to to go and see what type of opportunities, um, you know, arise from that. But even if I go um, and I see like, okay, this isn't what I I thought it was going to be. I'm still learning a valuable skill set that I'm very interested in. Um, And, you know, and it is, it is taking a knee. It is, you know, going out to Colorado. I have, pretty much all of my my support group is in Colorado so just nice. to be back with my friends and building those relationships again and being in a place that I absolutely love like that in itself is a huge win so yeah I'm very excited um I'm actually leaving next Monday so nice <laughs> trying to, trying to fr- frantically pack everything up and, and head out so oh, it's just, just getting, pack getting your, crazy pack your- Pack your go bag, your deployment bag. You'll be all right. Yeah. This is what you're used to. No, that's great. I basically great. have one. This is my 12th move in nine years. Oh, so, my gosh. Wow. Yeah. So I don't have much, like, but, you know, <laughs> a couple books and, you know, yeah. everything else is just going to get donated. So That is awesome. That's, I, I, that's great. That's, I'm so excited to hear that. I think, you know, that's really what it's all about. One of the things that I talk to people about when talking about pursuing a postgraduate degree is not saying don't go do it. Um, Just, I would almost use it as like a, a a tool if you get into the corporate world and you're, and you're really struggling to find what you actually are passionate about, right? Like you had this idea of like, Oh, I, you know, I want to go into tech. Everybody's going to tech. I want to go be a project manager in tech. And you get in there and you're like, yeah, you know, I'm just not amped up about this. Yeah, that you know, continue to pursue it. At least spend a year. Spend a year to see if, like, you know, maybe there's kind of whatever. I don't know. There's some internal thoughts, feelings, factors that are at play. Um, so, just you know, to 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 all listeners out there, that's I would say. And then, like, do Alistair and be like, okay, there's this awesome opportunity. I know I'm really passionate about this. Now I'm going to go attack it full steam um, and pursue it and be able to put 100 percent effort in to, you know, this postgraduate degree, um, to where, to your point, had you maybe pursued it directly out of the military, you put, you know, I'm not going to say you would have wasted it, but like, you know, you still might be in a situation where you're like, okay, like I have this MBA and I'm not really digging what I'm doing in the professional world. So, um, that's great insight. And to all listeners out there, again, I've never urged anybody to do one thing or the other, but just kind of have that thought. So one of the things that we were talking about was this idea of go, be, working at a company and, you know, being, being a part of something that you actually find really interesting and, and are excited about being on the mission of. But then you realize to yourself, okay, uh, you know, I, I was thinking about getting out and going to do the MBA thing. Glad I didn't. I would have wasted, you know, quote unquote, would have wasted my time. But now I understand that I'm actually really passionate about going into this specific field. Um, and now you're going to school for it. So I would say kind of talk the audience through just the, the mindset that goes with that kind of what are you thinking? What are you hoping to get out of it? And then we're like kind of really next steps after that. Yeah. So um, through my time working in the renewable energy 
kind of industry, if you will. I learned like things that I like about it, things I don't. Um, but then again, I was constantly talking to my mentors. And one of my mentors, luckily, I met him when I was in Germany. So I was like a young lieutenant. And he was a civil engineer. Um, so since, you know, 2014, 2015, whenever I met him, he's talked to me about basically how I can align my passions for um, some of these environmental engineering concepts like renewable energy and um, solar and how to match it with what I'm actually passionate about, which is just helping people. So, um, yeah, I've. I kind of sat with that for a year, if you will, um, figuring out, you know, do I want to stay on the corporate side? Do I want to go to, you know, a contracting sort of thing? Do I want to get back into the civil service? And yeah, the ultimate decision was to go back into a civil service type aspect. So um, this program at Mines is called uh, Humanitarian Engineering, and it mixes environmental engineering with civil engineering. Um, yeah, and really just focuses on integrating with uh, communities who are in need for whatever it is, whether that's, you know, renewable energy concepts, or whether it's uh, water sanitation, things like that, and bringing it all together. Um, so yeah, this, this opportunity opened some doors to get in with back into civil service like USAID, uh, State Department, things like that. Or potentially what I'm looking at is a follow-on master's PhD, um, getting okay. into something more, way more technical. So like Stanford has a water security and hydrology um, program. There's a program at the UN that does basically like sanitation and water security for refugee camps. So I'm going to use this next year to gain those technical skills that I'm lacking, if you will, to bridge the gap, mm -hmm. um, but then to also get into kind of the academia side of things again and, and see where that goes. Oh, man, my, my, my hat's off to you because I remember when I graduated West Point, I was like, I am never in a million years going to go back to school. Uh, yeah, that I was is, the same way. <laughs> that is that is for the bees. Um, but I, 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 you know, I, you know, obviously not the same route. But one of the things that I think has just been really cool that I've been really diving back into is like, I would say, education or continued learning once you get into the corporate world is actually pretty interesting, pretty fun. And I think mm -hmm. you know, going to pursue a master's is, especially if if it's towards something that you're very passionate about, is is a lot different than, you know, having to deal with like your mill arts and your social, yeah. your social paper and like all that stuff. And you're just like, oh my gosh, I'm not even, you know, yeah, I, I don't care I don't about, about any of this. Yeah. yeah. I, so, I mean, that's, that's awesome. I think that's so admirable. I think, you know, the, the coolest part about it is, is that you, you are continuing to realize like follow that mission set or vision for yourself of, Hey, I like, I really love this idea of being in, you know, renewable energy. It's like, obviously, you know, and, and you're also like, it's, it's kind of cool, right? You like, you're serving not only, you know, your soldiers, but the people that, you know, you're working alongside, you know, foreign or, you know, whatever. And, you know, now you're, you kind of went into the corporate world where you're like, okay, I'm just like figuring out what I want to do. And now it's like yeah. kind of coming full circle to where it's like, okay, I'm going to go learn how to do this thing. And now I can go back to like helping people in a completely different way, you know, yes. instead of necessarily quote unquote protecting them, you can actually provide, you know, it's like you are, you are a, a living example of, you know, quote unquote, teaching a, a, somebody how to fish, right? Not, not yeah. catching the fish for them. I think that's yeah, so I cool. I think that's something that a lot of people, at least my peers, when they got out and they got into the corporate world, they're like, something's not sitting right with me. You know, they just don't agree with kind of the overall concept of corporate America. Um, and a lot of them are looking at working for nonprofits or things. And I think that's something, especially as, you know, officers or people who have been in the military, uh, soldiers, they go in with the mindset of like, we are civil servants and we were, you know, we're leaders of the world. And when you get out and you end up going to work 
basically spend your hours to put money in someone else's pocket. You know, so definitely I'm glad I spent the time to sit back and see like, where do I want to spend my time in my life and my efforts? Mm. Is it, you know, is it just kind of putzing around and finding out um, where I fit in the corporate world? Or is it like, no, I actually have like a very strong desire to get back into civil service. So um, not that everyone needs to be that way, but spending the time to actually figure it out. And again, if you went straight into an MBA, you wouldn't really get that perspective because you're still, whether you're using the GI bill or other benefits, you're still kind of like not completely reliant on the corporate world. Um, and you're still just kind of like, well, I'm, I'm not tied to this, but when you, you're in a job and you're kind of like, this is my life now. Like it makes you think about things a bit differently. And I, and I think that's, that's a, that's interesting point. And we, uh, we previously had a, a individual on here by the name of Corey riser. Um, and one of his big talking points was this idea if is if you can do it better then like especially as an officer like we have a calling to go do it better right yeah. and so i think like you know I'm, and again we're not saying that like oh these companies are doing it wrong it's just i i you go in there and like and that's you know some people might agree or whatever, but like, I think in a way, like that's the cool thing about capitalism, right? Like you have this opportunity to like, Hey, I actually legitimately think I can go do this better. Like not saying that this person's doing it wrong, but like learning from their mistakes. Like, I think I can go, you know, provide this one, you know, additional input that's going to really change different. And then, and then especially as the leader of a potential organization, you know, or you, you have that ability to, uh, to shape the culture in the way that you want to and the way that you feel it should be done. Um, exactly. And I, I think, you know, there, I think there's just a lot of individuals that see that and I, I kind of are following along your same mindset of like, I, you know, I think at the end of the day, it's not that I mind putting money in somebody else's pocket. I mind putting some money in somebody else's pocket when our values don't align. Aren't aligned. Yeah. 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 It's like, I, you know, whatever, like, cool, I'll make you money. I'm on the same mission. Like, I get it. Like, I love, you know, like, I get it. Like, that's, that's just the nature of the beast. And, but like, I'm on the same page. We're doing something together. And like, hey, you're the, like, at the end of the day, you're the leader. We have the same mindset. You hold all the responsibility. Like, at the end of the day, like, that's why you get paid a lot more money than I do. Because yeah. <laughs> like, you put all the initial risk in to stand this business up. And so like, I'm cool with that. And like, we're good. We've got great culture, great mindset. But it's like, you're doing this and you're like, take advantage of that. And you know, it's like, mm, that's, that's yeah. where I draw the line. So I think that's, I think that's so cool. So my question to you, um, obviously going back into civil service, it, it almost kind of sounds like there might be a little bit of an entrepreneurial mindset in there, maybe doing something on your own. Is that something that you've, you've thought about or you get, are you just going to go to, to school, figure this thing out and then go from there? No, I'm definitely, um, <laughs> would like to do something on my own. Um, and again, my kind of what I'm thinking is get the experience, get the you know traditional experience in a lot of ways, and then pick and choose what really drives me and where, where I'm interested in. The other thing I wanted to talk about is um, kind of the idea of scholarships or finding mm. foundations yeah. to support you through. And not, not from like a monetary aspect, but... Um, when I've, you know, going through this and going through school, I connected with peers who are part of a foundation or some sort of scholarship and just the peer um, support and networking that they get through that kind of aspect is huge. And it allows them to branch off in their own ways. So it's like, if you have an idea that you really want, these foundations can help you see that dream manifest itself. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, definitely would put a huge plug out for people look beyond the GI Bill, um, look beyond s- some of these kind of traditional avenues for getting funding for school because, you know, you can and you probably should investigate these other foundations and just put your hat in. Um, but definitely if you have an entrepreneurial spirit and kind of a vision for yourself, that's a great way to to start that path 
Yeah, no, I, that's great. And, you know, I think that's, that's, it's interesting. I, um, I don't know, um, if, if you potentially know him, but, um, I, I had an individual reach out to me, um, and I'm trying to find his information. Uh, you wouldn't happen to remember a person by the name of Connor Santana, would you? No, it okay. sounds I, familiar, it, but no, I know, I know. Like, it's like you know, it's like it's a small world, but it's not that small. And um, but anyways, too, and I think to that to that exact point, I think that there. We, I also had an individual by by the name of Matthew Malcolm come on the podcast as well. Yeah. And there's this idea of, you know, really, you know, in a sense, swallowing your pride pill, right? Taking your yeah. humble, humble piece of pie and saying, okay, hey, like there are entities out there that want to help me. Or you can also kind of like this idea of like doing side gigs, side hustles to kind yes. of take your thing too. And, and, you know, just all listeners out there, don't, don't pe- like, Al said it best, but people want to help us. They really do. And there is, there is even in today's economy, plenty of money out there to help facilitate that. Um, sure. Is it maybe a little bit of extra time on your own, but it's like at the end of the day, like you could potentially get 10, 15, 20, $30,000. Like, like in a way, like that's a job itself. Like you put some yeah. time in to get a grant for 30,000, that's $30,000. You don't have to, to spend or pay back. And exactly. So, I think that's one of those things that, you know, to the listeners out there, that's, that's a great point. I really, I really appreciate you, you, you giving that point for, for that scholarship plug. Um, that's big time. So as we kind of start to dive the plane here, um, this has been an absolutely amazing episode. I think, you know, it, it again ties back to one of the most important things that we could, that I, one of the most important things that I think a lot of people should think through as they seek to transition out of the military and really is just this reasoning behind why are you actually getting out of the military? I think that, um, yeah, it, you know, again, as somebody like yourself, you, you understood like, okay, this is the why I want to get into this area and I'm really passionate about it and it's driving you forward. Um, and it's providing some really awesome opportunities for you. Um, but I do think, I know we kind of hit on it a little bit, but one of the questions that I like to ask is, so, you know, Al, feel free to you know answer. Uh, it, it, what is your what was your why for getting out of the military? Uh, it was a couple reasons, but um, the main reason was mainly for my relationships, and again, kind of uh, what my mentor put it best. He's like, um, you have a cognitive cognitive dissonance from you know the army's mission, mm-hmm. um, and so yeah, it was one of these things like. You know, when you're a single officer, it's always like you get stuck with everything. So it's like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, Al, you can do staff duty on Saturday. Yeah, Al, you can like stay until eight. Yeah, Al, you can do night shift for a month. Yeah, Al, you can like go on this training thing. So it was, you know, it ended up just like sucking up my life and just draining my soul because I knew, you know, what am I, you know, there there are great benefits to the army's mission but it's like at the end of the day what am i actually doing and i had been through so many commands where it's like you know i'm working 14 16 hour days and i leave and a month after i leave like everything i did is has been you know undone so kind of the frustration with that and then again building my relationships you know my grandparents basically raised me they're in their 80s and so thinking about their health um and then, yeah, I would eventually like to have a family one day, but, you know, I haven't been, I wasn't afforded the opportunity to like really meet people uh, who had the same values as me necessarily through the army. So it's like, you know, that aspect as well. Um, but then, you know, the bigger thing is the cognitive dissonance from what are we doing? And, and again, my time in Kuwait, I was like, this is the pinnacle, basically. I was working at, you know, CJTFOIR headquarters. I was working at a core level headquarters, doing my actual intel job, um, working with the big wigs, you know, with all the agencies. And I was like, this is the pinnacle of it. And, you know, what's next? What's after this? So, oh, that's, thanks, that was thanks. like, yeah, yeah. It, it was very much like a, a, wake, a wake up call. Like, okay, 
this is cool. And uh, this is all I'm going to do. And, you know, you could do, um, you know, FAO or some of these like specialty kind of things, but, you know, it's still not necessarily what I choose to do. It's what it's an opportunity that I could do. That Man, that's, that's such a great point. I really appreciate you sharing that. I think that's great. I think that's a great reason. I think, you know, and to all listeners out there, and I, I don't necessarily like to, you know, and I know you weren't doing this, Al, but talk down on the army. I think that there are a lot of, uh, you know, there are a lot of people out there that are able to do it out. Just yes. for both Ali and myself, we just, again, we, you know, again, I, I, I love it, the the cognitive dissonance. Like, I think that is a great. It's at the end of the day, do you? It's the interesting part of your wife getting the army is I feel there somebody like myself who just kind of sat around at Fort Hood, you know, and just did the stuff. We did the NTC, we did the Eastern European rotation, yeah. right? We did the field exercises, and then it's like, man, if only I could have gone on that high speed deployment and like actually did my job, right? Like yeah. I would have been. And then you know, here's somebody who like was about as high Actually speed as you did it. Get. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, she's like, oh, yeah, like, that's pretty cool. But like, sweet, like next, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, 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 you know, you know, take it, take it for, take it from Al. It's at the end of the day, it's, you know, there, it, it if you're not, if your gut's kind of telling you, Hey, like I don't necessarily belong here that a, that's not a bad thing. And B listen to it. Yeah. Um, because at the end of the day, like you owe it to your, your future soldiers um, who you wouldn't necessarily potentially lead to the best of your ability. So um, yeah, thanks for sharing Al. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, all right, well that concludes this episode of little Bit podcast guys. Uh, Al, thank you so much for coming on. It was an absolute pleasure to talk with you. I'm so thankful that you came on and, and, and spread some knowledge. Um, I really enjoyed our conversation. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. And I sent you all the links from kind of like, different programs that are out there if you could share that um yeah i just want to say again that like if you have any contact with soldiers whether you're a direct leader or not please please you know relay all of this information to them it's very sad how many soldiers i talked to who were in the process of getting out and had no idea about csp skill bridge all these foundations to help with you know like resume writing and stuff please share this with them share the podcast with them um the soldiers you know probably have it a lot harder than the officers do so you know um pay it forward mentor someone (laughs) help help out you know everyone else around you that is a that could be a podcast episode on itself the idea of like mentoring and passing on the knowledge i think that's kind of one of the things where this like falls short and um there are some great networks out there um uh and just as al said she sent me a huge list of those topics those will be posted um on our on our facebook group uh on our linkedin uh company page Uh, all that stuff will be provided um and then also you'll have a direct link to al so if you have any questions um on anything that she she covered of you know hey i was an mi officer how the heck do i go from mi to the civilian world she would love to help you out she's a wealth of knowledge um, and again, like I said, so thankful for having you on the podcast. So to all, all the listeners out there, guys, thanks for tuning in. Remember, please, if, if you like the content we're putting out, uh, give us a rating. Uh, if you don't let us know why you don't like it. I'd love to hear it. Love to have a conversation with you. Um, and then subscribe so this podcast grows and more people can listen to it. But at the end of the day, no matter where you are and what you're doing, guys, remember, Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the it'll buff podcast i hope you enjoyed that conversation i really enjoy having them here's the thing if you like that episode please do a few things to help me out one go save this podcast put it in your library i'm going to be releasing one episode a week every week here on forward the next thing is go to the five and and take the survey It'd be really helpful for you to take this survey to help paint a picture of where each member that is separating from the military that's interested in this community is at. There's all kinds of questions, things that I've covered from previous episodes, so please go take this survey. Third, 
please go schedule one-on-one on the website. I'd love to talk to you and hear where you're at in your transition journey and help at least put you on the right azimuth and potentially work with you for the, for the future to come. Lastly, if you or somebody you know has a separation story that you would like this community to hear, please reach out to me so we can schedule that story and I'd love to have you on the podcast. Again, this is a community by you guys for the people that are coming behind us. The goal is to make each person that comes behind us as they separate from the army have a more successful path than we did. That's the goal. Thanks again for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed and remember, it'll buff.